I mentioned last week that uh, something I'm really looking forward to, this certainly doesn't empty my tanks at all. Um, this fills my tank in terms of vision and what we're seeing of the future. And uh, I started two years ago, two years ago, I kid you not, seeking God about what the church, what we could possibly become, what we could be possibly looking like by the year 2020. And so God gave me some ideas. And then we met with the elders and with the staff and with the, with the hope partners here in the life of our church. And we've been consulting one another. And uh, most of all, we want to be hearing from God. And guess what? After I've collated all that information together, I believe we have. And I really appreciate your prayers these next few weeks as I come before God and bring about these messages that are starting on May 15 and will finish on June 5, four weeks, morning and night, bringing the vision, bringing the vision to you. This is not my vision. This is ultimately his vision. And ultimately, we get to share that together. And so I'm really encouraging us to be here on May 15th for those four weeks. You do not want to miss this. Now, I realize for travel and people away and sickness, all that kind of stuff, but you can get online and listen to these messages to keep up to speed with where we're going as a church. Can I tell you, it's pretty exciting what God has shown us and revealing to us, and I cannot wait to stand before you on May 15th and share with you. You know, um, Habakkuk um, talks about uh, God spoke to him to write the vision down. And to make it plain so that people can run with it. And so looking forward to... Sh- Are you looking forward to that or is it just me? Is that all right? Is that all right? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Look, um, uh, never before in the history of mankind have we been better connected in life. You think about this. Some of those who are older in the room here today, and we're all growing older, by the way, where television began, where the internet began, only really the internet really started taking off, what, let's say about 20 years ago? Only 20 years ago, if that, if that. Okay, television. When did television come in? 1900 and what? Not in the 60s. How many years ago was that? 60 years ago. So never in the history of mankind have we been better connected. And because of technology, because of smartphones, because of the internet, because of TV and radio, we are connected to the whole world. You see, if something happens in France, we hear about it. Something happens in Brussels, we hear about it. Because we are so connected, yet although technology has connected the world, more people feel disconnected than ever before. Now, maybe part reason because of that is because we value individualism over community. And because of the pace of life that we now live is a lot faster. And so today we're going to take this chapter 7 and open this chapter up a little bit more. And it's entitled, From Isolated... To connected. Is the slide up there? From isolated to connected. The subheading is deepening your relational circles. You see, some time ago, some time ago, no one in this room, by the way, someone said this. I don't have time for friends right now. I'm too busy for relationships. And then my response to this person was that, well, you're too busy. Because one of the great tasks of life that God has blessed you and I in this world with is to build great friendships. And if you and I do not do that in the early stages and the middle stages of our lives, we end up in the later stages of our lives pretty lonely. You see, 
It's one of the key things that God has put you and I on earth to do, and that is to build deep friendships. And so when somebody says that I don't have time for friendships right now, I want to remind us right from word go, five very quick things, why you and I need deep friends, well, friends and deep friendships. And then we're going to take it apart a little bit, how we go about building those friendships. Are you ready? The first thing I want to say, and before we put that slide up this morning, before we want to put that up this morning, you might remember back in Genesis when God said, it's not good for man to be, he wasn't lonely, he was alone. There is a difference. And of course, this was before Eve came into the world. It's not good for man to be alone. The first thing I've brought here is because of our six key values here in the life of our church, the, the reason we need friendships in our lifetime is for spiritual growth. And I think it's the third key value here is, uh, we call it here at Door of Hope, is to, be, uh, to have persistent spiritual growth. Persistent spiritual growth. It's one of our key values here. So I'm saying to you, it's worth your time to build friendship for spiritual growth. Why? Because I, can, I do not believe you can become increasingly Jesus-centered and others-focused. You cannot continue to grow to spiritual maturity. You cannot become all that God has created you to be all by yourself. Now, this morning, I'm going to use a fair bit of Scripture to support what I'm saying here. Is that okay? The first Scripture I'm going to talk about is from Romans chapter 1, verse 12, and it says this. I mean that I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. That's the first reason we need to build deep friendships. The second reason we're building deep friendships is for emotional support. For emotional support. Let me just get a show of hands. How many of us know that life is difficult? I'll be the first to put my hand up. Thank you. If you're watching live stream, pretty much everyone's hand went up this morning. You know, sometimes life hurts, doesn't it? Life is difficult and life hurts. And so we need that strength to make it through every single day from that emotional support. We need those strong friendships. And I believe you can handle more, far more in life when you aren't alone, when you see somebody else go through something. Stress, cancer, Pressure and pain, maybe at work, or an emotional issue. You see, life is a journey, isn't it? And we need companionship along life's way. There are two types of people in your life. There are VDPs and VIPs. VDPs are very dependent people. VIPs are very inspirational people. VDPs are those people who tend to drain you in life. We all have those kind of relationships going on. VIPs, very inspirational people. These are the kind of people that bring out the best in us. You know, there's a phrase in the Bible that's used 58 times. And it's this phrase, one another, one another. These are commands from God that we are to love one another. Come with me on this. We are to care for, we are to help we are to serve, we are to pray for, we are to greet, we are to encourage. And so you can't do these things if you don't have good friends. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says this, carry each other's burdens 
And this, this way you will feel, fulfill the law of Christ. So there's, there's that involved in this as well. So you need friends for what? What's the first thing? For spiritual growth, yes? For emotional support. And the third thing is for better health. For better health. You see, the Bible says that we are created for connections. We have this longing for belonging. How about that? (laughs) We have this longing for belonging. You know, ever thought why people wear certain brands in life? Adidas, Nike, and so on. Why would somebody be a walking advertisement for somebody else? Because we want to be connected, even to a brand. So for better health, for better health, not only does the Bible talk about uh, friendship um, being good for our health, But of course, studies talk a lot about this. Uh, Science talks a lot about this over and over again, that you'll live longer and you'll live healthier if you and I have healthy friendships. And so friends give you a place to unload your negative emotions. I'm not talking about gossip. I'll come to that one just in a moment. But it helps us to unload. I was talking to somebody just yesterday, in fact. And they said they went and saw somebody to help me unload some negative feelings in my life. It helped me. Let's have a look what the Bible says about that, helping me unload. Galatians, sorry, I'm wrong. It's James chapter 5, and it says this. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Just leave that up for a moment because it doesn't say forgiven. There is a difference. If you want to go to God for forgiveness, you go to God for forgiveness. If you want to go to, to, to be a part of the healing process, even though God can heal, there's a part of us in life that we can only do with other people that helps us unload in life. Now, let me, let me, let me explain. I, I may have, you know, let me, let me keep going here for a moment. Okay, you know those habits that you have in life that haven't necessarily been healed? but you're still struggling year after year after year with? Come on. You've gone to God to for forgiveness, but have you confessed that to somebody else? It's a powerful thing in confession. It's hard. That's the importance of friendship, and that's where I'm going. It's a part of the healing process. We do need one another in friendship. It's not good for man to be what? Alone. You need one another. You know, this all I need is you, God. No, we don't. We need one another as well. Number four, the fourth thing is for social enjoyment. For social enjoyment. You see, life is meant to be enjoyed, not merely endured, right? For social enjoyment, we hang out. We do life together. You see, you can make all the money in the world. You can have all the achievements in the world. You can have all the pleasure. But if your relationships stink, your life stinks. For social enjoyment, fifth and final one, just very quickly, is to help reach your goals. To help reach your goals. Because we need one another to help reach our goals. You will never fulfill your life goals all by yourself. If you do, they're probably very small. You know that little saying that I've collected many years ago, um, teamwork makes the dream work. And it does. To build that supportive network of team around us. Ecclesiastes, I did this uh, passage at a wedding just recently. It's a great little passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says this. 
Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Now, that's not just about a marriage relation. That's a human relationship, even though marriages, weddings tend to use that particular passage uh, every now and then in a wedding. But let me say that again. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. So spiritual growth, yeah. Emotional support, better health, social enjoyment, and to reach our goals. So where and how on earth do I find friends like that? That's the importance. And so let's go to first where. Well, there are a number of places in this world to go to, but because I'm a little biased, I'm a pastor of a church, I'm going to say to the church. We can form relationships in community within the church, deep friendships, and around here it looks a little bit like this in three or four different ways, by serving, by serving. We encourage every single person who calls Door of Hope to come and to bring your gifts to help serve one another. You may have gifts that somebody else doesn't, and I'm sure that you would, and so we encourage us to serve, and that's a way to deepen friendships alongside one another. Short courses we also offer. Short courses to deepen those friendships with one another for a season or for a long term. Heart plungers. I developed some great um, deep friendships in, in the heart plunge I did a year or so ago. It was a great time. I'll never forget those times. Um, small groups, of course, because Door of Hope is a church of small groups. Why? Because that's where you do the one another's. And Blair and Julie, our small group leaders, they're going to be at the Hope Central after this morning's service if you're not connected to the one another's. And so small groups, serving, heart plunges, things like that, a short course, I encourage you to do that. So that's the why, the where, and now let's talk about the how. Is that okay? How do I develop these friendships? Well, I'm encouraging us this morning to follow the golden rule. It's not my rule. Follow the golden rule because 2,000 years ago, Jesus gave us himself a statement that would become known as the golden rule. And it's found in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. This changes everything in this world. And it's affected everything in this world and since he spoke this. And it says this. This is the golden rule. So in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That's the golden rule. In other words, if you want to have deep, meaningful, lifelong friendships, be the friend that you would like to have. We get this a bit confused sometimes, don't we? Because you will attract what you are, not what you want. You don't attract in life what you want, you attract what you are. So for example, if you are loving, guess who you're going to attract? You're going to attract those who are loving. If you're a gossip, guess who you're going to attract? You're going to attract the gossips. If you are bitter, guess who you're going to attract? You attract what you are, not what you want. want. And loyalty is love in action. If you want deep, loyal friendships, you have to be that kind of person. Now, going with that theme of the golden rule, is that okay? I just, got, I just put six things here this morning. Six things, six golden rules of building a, friend, a great friendship. The first thing is this. It's this. It's to invest the time and energy to build friendship. Think about what my friend said some time ago. I don't have time. 
It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It may take money. It's going to cost something of you to develop those deep friendships. And by the way, deep friendships don't happen accidentally. Deep friendships happen intentionally. It's by choice and it's not instant. It's not overnight. Those of you who are part of a small group, those of you who have been a part of a small group for a number of years, you'll know what I mean by that because over time, it takes time to let the, what's the word I'm looking for? Let the things fall. Let the, let, let the layers fall. Let's go with that one. Thank you. <laughs> and we're hearing great stories of small groups. And I wonder if you're a part of a community like that, that the layers are down and you can talk openly and honestly, not gossip, I'm coming to that in a moment, hang there. Openly and honestly with somebody or with a group of people. Proverbs 18, 24, let's go there, it says this. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Here's the point, stop waiting for people to be your friend, you show them how. You be that friend, you make that effort. And by the way, if somebody shows up in your life only when they have the need, they're not your friend, they're an acquaintance. You see, friends don't need a reason to show up. One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Philippians. I don't know why it's one of those things. I'm going to share a little bit more about that next week in my life verse. It's my life verse comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, by the way. Anyway, it's another thing. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Let's go this. It says this. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of, say that with me, others. Jesus-centered, others-focused. Very good. You will get more friends by being interested in others than you will ever get in getting people interested in you. By the way, those people on Facebook, on social media, they're not your friends. Some are. They're acquaintances. They're acquaintances. Thank you. Come on. You see, friends show up when you need them the most. They're there. Acquaintances don't. That's the first golden rule. Invest that time and that energy. Second one is to earn their trust. Earn their trust. And this is a big thing in regards to relationship because without trust, there is no friendship. It takes years to build this thing of trust, doesn't it? But seconds to be lost. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says this. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find and the Bible, just very quickly, can we just stay on this thing of trust for a moment when it comes to relationship? Because singles, you face it. Married couples, you face it. Any relationship, young people, you face this thing of trust. And it takes three things, I believe, and it's very important to talk about these three things. Without trust, there is no friendship. And the first thing um, you earn people's trust is by being reliable. By being reliable. By keeping your word. The Bible says to, to make a yes, yes, and your no, a no, to be counted upon, to be predictable. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 17, it says, a friend loves you most of the time. Okay, there are people watching. That's good to hear. There are, peop there are people watching. A friend loves you, say this with me, all the time. When you are sick, when you are irritating, when you are annoying, when you are lonely, when you are silly. You see, the greatest ability in life is reliability. 
It's reliable. Are you reliable in your relationship? Because that will help build not just a friendship, but that will help build trust in a friendship. The second thing is to be uh, being loyal builds trust. Being loyal builds trust. Loyalty is a big thing, isn't it, these days? And it's a big thing. Well, it's hard to find. Be loyal to a company, loyal to a church, loyal to a marriage. You see, loyalty is a commitment that says, I'm going to put you before myself. I'm going to show up at the hospital when you're in hospital before my family's needs. I am going to show up and be there. I'm going to stay and clean after that small group gathering we just had that night. I'm going to put the plates and tables or whatever away. You see, loyalty is actually the opposite of self-centeredness, isn't it? Let's have a look what the Bible says. Proverbs, a couple of passages from Proverbs. goes like this, says this. A true friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. Let's go to the next one. What a person desires is unfailing love. Don't we desire those kind of things? And the third thing in regards to, to building trust is in relationship, of course, and here I go, I'm going to go there, is, it's by keeping confidences. By keeping confidences. I think in life, and I mentioned this before, that we all need that one person, do we not? That we can share anything and everything with that as we go there in that place, that they, we know they're not going to reject us, they're not going to hate us, they're not going to leave us, but we all need that safe person. And once again, these, these deep friendships take time. It's not going to happen overnight. That we can share our worst fears, our self-doubt, our insecurities. Proverbs 11 says this, a gossip tells everything, but a true friend will keep a secret. If you want deep friendships in this lifetime, you will have to say, I will not gossip anymore. I will not speak about that person when they are not in the room with me. And by the way, that little Irish proverb that says, he who gossips to you, say it, gossips of you. You see, isn't life just too short to go to that negative part of this world? You can bring anyone and everything down, can't you? It's easy, it's easy to do, especially in our culture in Australia. So easy to bring other people down and to judge other people, to try to make ourselves feel significant. But life's too short to waste it on negativity. So talk to people, not about people behind them. Third thing, um, uh, let's come back, back on track, we'll move away from trust, is, is this, and that's to listen with empathy. Listen with empathy in, in our friendships. What I mean by that, let me explain that word, because sometimes we get a little bit confused, because it's a fancy word for put yourself in their shoes. Listen with empathy. Put yourself in their shoes. Ask yourself, how would I feel in their situation, in that situation? Learn their point of view without interruption. Listen for what they aren't saying. Because you can't actually love people without listening to people. So here's the big difference between hearing and listening. Listening to what they're saying rather than listening to your own reply that you're about to reply with. Come on. Come on. Listening to what they're actually saying rather than to your reply. Because when someone says, well, I'm fine, you know 
they're not fine. And so we've got to start listening to the emotion. How are they saying it? And then working it out from there. James chapter 1 says this. Everyone should be quick to listen. There's three things here, right? Quick to listen. This is a whole other sermon. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. See, if you do the first and the second, the third is automatic, yeah? Because if you have an anger problem, it's because you're not quick to listen. You are quick to speak. Yet sometimes healing comes just by listening. Husband and wives, just for a moment, just for a moment. We're just going to have a bit of fun just for a moment, all right? So just relax, okay? (laughs) Wives, on behalf of all the men here this morning, when you say to us, I just need you to listen and not fix things, men just don't get this, right, ladies? Because men are by nature fixers. To help us understand this, have a bit of fun, having a bit of fun right now, ladies, all right? To help us understand this from a man's point of view, I'm not saying this is correct, by the way, but I'm saying that this is how we see it. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail out... See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. If you would just... Don't! Try to see things my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go? I'm just trying to figure out who's clapping. <laughs> I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on and get out of there. All right. The fourth thing in regards to friendship, we've got to accept your flaws. We've got to accept each other's flaws. Why? Because we all have flaws, do we not? We all have faults, do we not? We all have failings. We all have weaknesses. We all have, I love this word, quirks. We all have quirks. We're not going there. Romans chapter 15 verse 7 says this. <laughs> Romans chapter 15. No, I might move on. Oh, here we go. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. In other words, you have to accept people the way they are, not the way you want them to be. 
You see, your friend or your spouse have characteristics that absolutely bug the living daylights out of you, and that may never change. So you have to decide, am I going to accept that, or am I going to be miserable my whole life? Let's have a look at the Bible, what the Bible says again. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. Amen. But dwelling on it separates close friends. Fifth one is that we've got to celebrate wins and losses. Celebrate wins and to share losses. This is so important. You know, in times of tiredness, I struggle with this one to tell you the truth. Um, let's, let's see what the word says. The Bible says, Romans chapter 15. Is that right? No, I'm wrong. It's Romans chapter 12 says this. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. We need to learn how to celebrate the things that just that, that not just happen to you. We need to learn how to celebrate the good things that happen to other people. You see, without becoming envious, without becoming jealous, without becoming critical, without being resentful or competitive, a friend celebrates your wins. And if you're able to celebrate other people all the time in spite of being tired, Steve, you'll be happy your entire life because good things aren't always going to happen to you. And so if you can get to that point where you can celebrate anyone and everybody no matter what, sixth and final thing and I'm done, is that we've got to learn to bring out the best in people. Bring out the best in people. Can I just say this for a moment? Can I say this? And it's this. Friendships balance our lives. By yourself, you will live an unbalanced life because we all tend to go to extremes. No one sees things clearly. My friends help balance my life. Because we believe here at Door of Hope, we're actually better together. The more perspective you gain by having friendships, we are much more balanced when it comes to friendship. So, bringing out the best in one another. Nobody can become all that we are meant to be by ourselves. Those who are closest to you are generally those who are you know, your closest friends, of course. So your best friend is the person who brings out the best in you. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, Just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds of each other. You know that true friend keeps you honest? Sometimes that means speaking up. That means risking they're going to be mad at you or upset with you or reject you. But you have that sense of approach to them that I care more about your future than I care more than my feelings. So I'm going to tell you what you're about to do. You're about to make a big mistake in your life. I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you given anybody in your life permission to get in your face? Because friends make it their business because they care. If you're afraid of the emotional side and the concerned kind of side, you aren't being a true friend because Proverbs 27, 5 to 6 says this. A truly good friend will open, openly correct you. You can trust a friend who corrects you. Friends, you see the difference between a friend and a critic. The, friend try, the friends try and advise you from a spirit of acceptance where critics try to advise you from a spirit of rejection. 
That's the difference. And you've got to be careful of all that. Solomon would say to all of us today, as we come into a time where we're going to commune together as friends, as family, and as friends, Solomon would say this to us here this morning in Proverbs chapter 18, verses 24. We read it before, that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You see, when you boil it down, when you boil it all down to its very core, the essence of the Christian faith is relational in nature. When, uh, what differentiates Christianity from every other religion is that at its core, it's all about a God who extends that personal friendship to the likes of you and me. You see, Christianity doesn't leave you on your own in this world. Friendless. And one of the things I've been thinking about this is that he doesn't extend that circumstantial friendship which comes and goes if something or somebody changes or something better or someone better comes along. So it's not circumstantial friendship. It's also not seasonal friendship where we say, I'm going to give you four or five years to figure it out and then I'll, then I'll sort it. It's not seasonal it's not even friendships that extended um, from here to the end kind of friendship. It's not that even. Because friendship with God extends into the next reality and it's going to last forever. You see, Christianity is a friendship with the living God. Fundamentally, it's all about you coming into friendship with God, which is made possible through Jesus Christ, who we're going to remember here in a moment around the communion table. So my question to you here is this. Is that how you are experiencing the living God? Through friendship, talking with him as a friend, sitting down with him and doing your daily hope, 20 minutes in the chair, because you know that kind of friendship that comes out of that place of purity is going to help you with all other friendships in this world and in this life. It changes everything from your private life because what happens in private will be made known eventually in public. So is that how you're experiencing his friendship? And so Solomon would say to us this morning, I present to you the friend who sticks closer than a brother. choice.